right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to our first episode of the Finance Hub. I'm Mike James. I'm Andrew Betzig. And we have our special guest today, Jacob. How you doing, guys? Good, how about you? I'm doing wonderful, just living life in uh, in Iowa right now. It's currently snowing outside, which is kind of cool. Really? In Iowa? Yeah, yeah, we get snow all the time. <laughs> you guys get snow, huh? Yeah, <laughs> see Buffalo right now? Six feet. It's taller yeah. than that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I was really excited for uh, the football game going on there with the Bills. Yeah, they had a where are they at now? Detroit, I think. Yeah, they're pretty sure Detroit. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Gotta wait till this weekend, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so basically, Jacob, you want to just give us like an overview of like who you are? Just give us a little introduction. Yep, definitely. So my name is Jacob O'Dell. I am a 19-year-old from Los Angeles, California. Came out to Iowa at Morningside University to play baseball. I was the starting third baseman for my first year. One of the uh, only freshmen to start. Played my ass off and did really good. And so, unfortunately, I've had a shoulder injury. So I'm going to be cutting baseball out. uh, Just kind of a turn of events. But yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of what's going on there. But I also run a real estate production company where we take all of the photos and videos for and marketing for real estate agents. And then we help them with their marketing. And then I also have my own podcast called The Business Playground, where I invite in successful industry leaders to kind of just pick their brain, get into the nitty gritty of what goes on behind the scenes and the back end of their businesses. So, So maybe like... In the future, you can invite me once I'm, you know, industry leader in the finance association. Who knows? Definitely, man. You, you and Michael both be on there. Yeah, maybe we can get a uh, Sam Bakeman, the um, FTX owner, on too, since he was a industry leader. But you know, I, I still think he is, man. Um, <laughs> he's, like, he's if, like if you actually right now, <laughs> if you, if you think about it, um, you got to give the guy some props, like. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think that guy. Sure, he took a lot of money, and it sucks, dude. It sucks. I'm glad I didn't invest in it. Um, but if you think about it, like pulling something off like that is really ballsy. It's really difficult, and especially to do it with a small group of people who most of them didn't even know what was going on. It was pretty much just himself, and yeah, when you look at it from a financial perspective, like that guy knew how to work numbers man yeah clearly like being a fraudulent company for over what he started in like 2016 something like that yeah like like to be a a fraudulent company for that long is kind of insane and now that we're just finding out about it now after he made this like risky bet with all the leverage and so like you know his company's broke he's all the way in uh where is right yeah the i think bahamas yeah so, I mean, he's obviously running from the law, and it's not, I don't think it's getting enough news attention, honestly. I, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Like, if you. It's only in the crypto space and the finance space that people are talking about it. It's not like actual news to people. And it, you look at it and you see a $10 million figure that was just stolen from a billion dollar company, and nobody thinks to blink an eye. That. That's a whole other issue is what's going on with government stuff right now. But Yeah. I mean, we can go into that later, I feel. Yeah. Like. <laughs> we we sure. can talk about the government, maybe uh, our economy, maybe like. Yeah, I'm behind it. Yeah. 
I mean, there's just so much going on in today's world. We could really talk about anything. Seriously. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, let's just like dive into it, I guess. Um, All right. I see Mike over here searching something up. So maybe we'll just start talking about the market, I guess. Like you said, you were like the crypto market's been affected by FTX. We're just going off the top of the head right here. Um, you see how like how much like Bitcoin and all that lately have been like, uh, it's just it's just wild to see one fraudulent company take down like an entire uh, like asset. I feel like like you look at um, you just one company affects the entire industry. It's just nuts. And it has nothing to do with the actual currency. They're just like a uh, what is it called? Like intermediary, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of nuts how this intermediary intermediary can just mess everything up in the cryptocurrency world. And I feel bad for people who like have their life savings in it. Cause I saw an article the other day and I saw that um, there was an actual teacher's fund as a uh, investor in FTX. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, that definitely is crazy. How like one art piece in that area, that sector can just affect everything that happens. And especially like, you were saying, Drew, like the teacher's fund that I'm sure messed that up for a lot of the people that had investments going to there. Yeah, I I just honestly don't know the logic behind having yeah. a teacher's fund in such a risky business decision, you know? Yeah. You're supposed to play it safe. But... There's a lot of hype around it, so I'm sure whatever, whoever made the decision to do that um, had some of their own personal logical thinking behind it, you know? Yeah, but yeah. in the business industry, you know, if there's a lot of hype behind something, obviously you want to get behind it, but you kind of want to get behind something before everyone else finds out, you know, like before the hype starts. Like that's yeah. how you become a successful investor, business person. Like you said, you've talked to like a lot of, um, you know, top industry leaders, stuff like that. They probably tell you all the time, you got to be ahead of the market, you got to like you have to find out on your own. You can't hear from someone else because by the time you hear from someone else, it's already too late. Exactly. You can't just follow what everyone else is doing. Just say, screw people, look into a stock. And it's like, okay, yeah, all these people are investing into this. They're doing good. They're going to be doing good right now. These people already found out about it. And your expectation could possibly be way too high about that, whatever the stock is. And if it doesn't meet that expectation, then you might be like, well, what the heck? I thought I was supposed to do this great, do this really good. But if you find something on your own, um, something that people might not know about, it's like, okay, well, this can maybe meet to this certain expectation, um, have a reasonable one, reasonable for it, and it makes it to that. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, I was able to find this on my own. Um, not a lot of people know about it, and that's how... Because, uh, like Drew was saying, that's how you really become a winner in the market. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, we could also go on about that for a while, I feel like, since, you know, we haven't really just explained what our podcast is about, though. So maybe we take a minute and just kind of talk about what we're, like, looking forward to and what we're trying to achieve. So, I mean, basically, why I'm doing this, I don't know exactly your reasoning, Mike, but basically, I'm doing this podcast just to uh, kind of build a financial network of like like-minded people. And I have like a business idea, and Mike knows about it already. And I'm pretty sure Jacob, I think I told you about the app. 
I wanted to make it like a network where just investors and like entrepreneurs could like connect and just give their feedback to each other. So like a professional yet not really kind of environment where you could just voice an opinion and, you know, getting all sides from all different types of people, you can kind of take that and just develop and learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, kind of similar to Drew, um, but I have some I, some differences as well. Why I was interested in um, um, this podcast is building that network of uh, like-minded people that are interested in finance and want to learn more about the stock market and want to be winners in the stock market. And also, too, like trying something new and something that isn't really like oriented that's built into our school because we have different programs in our school, for example, like the Finance Association, which can build a network off of um, people that are interested in finance, financial uh, planning association, and like also other things like entrepreneurship, like CEO as well. Shout out. Shout out CEO. Yep. Shout out CEO. Yeah. Um, But something that's just different that's not, that wasn't based off of Bryant, um, the college that Drew and I go to, um, something that's just different, something that we create on our own. And also just to, in general, to try something new. I mean, I've never done a podcast before. This is my first time doing this. So just uh, going outside of the box and um, just seeing how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any uh, advice for us, Jacob? You know, off the bat, first podcast. Yeah, I would say you guys are taking the first step, which is starting it, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always the most difficult part. Now, the next thing would be to be consistent on it and figure out whether you are going to do just like one-off interviews with each other where you guys are just like discussing things uh, internally or you're going to bring people on kind of how like we're going to be doing this right now where you have me as a guest and then you know have discussions with said guest. Um, so I would say figure out what you kind of want the theme of the podcast to be, how you want the feeling, what the user experience would be for the podcast and then also make sure that you do your dil- due diligent research on whoever you're interviewing so that you can ask them questions uh, that are actually specific to their life and not just generic industry knowledge kind of questions where, you know, you might ask me like, oh, like, how do you start a business? You know, um, you could Google that and you could find it out, but you would want to say, oh, what is it like managing being on baseball and also running your own business? Run me through that process and how you figure out how to manage everything. Like that's more of a specific direct question. So I would think, uh, first tip of advice is figure what you guys want as a theme and then secondly uh, really understand who your guests are when you bring them on so definitely uh, yeah no that's some great advice honestly I was thinking we personally do a mix of both like we can have those sessions where me and Mike just chat about like the market and also bring in people too as well yeah. um, different people that might be coming from different areas of finance um, getting their perspectives on both like Mark, and also, too, like, just about um, where they're from, um, where they work. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, we could do episodes with, you know, guests like you, so to say, and then maybe afterward we do, like, a recap by ourselves, like, what we learned. Because this is all yeah. a learning experience, and we want our set, like, obviously our personal goals out of this, I want to learn more from you, our guest, 
Exactly. And so we can talk about that later, see what happened. And then just like, um, yeah, so we're just going to invite guests. And then afterward, we could like debrief, get like the general info down. It's just a back and forth. I want to learn. Audience wants to learn. You want to learn. Yep. Like, and also too, like possibly bringing in like maybe some other um, classmates and friends that we have from Brian as well. Um, Seeing how that goes as well. Getting their perspectives. Depends on who it is. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it does depend but yeah i like that um we definitely need to do our due diligence obviously as in any uh business decision you have to take time and research about either who you're talking to what you're looking at you know so mm-hmm. yeah definitely so now that we've obviously failed at um researching <laughs> questions for <laughs> you because i said we're just gonna free ball it today but we could obviously go into. You said uh, you manage a real estate company. Yes. So well, a real estate production company, not a real estate company. Oh, so real estate production, production. company. So yeah, <laughs> for myself in the audience, uh, who maybe not, maybe doesn't know like what a real estate production company is. You want to just mm-hmm. give us a little brief overview, I guess. Yeah, so pretty much all the images that you see on social media from real estate agents uh, or even on the MLS, which is the uh, multiple listing service or market listing services, depending how you want to look at it. Um, This is where you pretty much go on Zillow and you look at houses and those pictures that you see that are professionally done is exactly what I do. So we go to properties uh when the agent texts us or books with us online we have our website set up and we go to the property make sure it's all prepped ready to go the sellers are out of the way the no animals trash can we go through our whole list uh, and we pretty much take all the pictures for the property deliver the pictures to the agent and then we get paid and they're happy it's very simple relationship-based transaction um, and then the, it's a very heavy referral-based and reputation-based service where agents like to work with us because of how good we are and personable we are. And then on top of that, we also um, do offer virtual tours, drones, um, video production work, and even like real estate agent videos for them for like social media walkthroughs and whatnot. So you know, essentially, it's just it's a marketing company that makes the content. If you think about it that way. Yeah, that's actually like a great business idea. Because if you think about it, you look at places like Airbnb and, you know, Zillow, like you said, uh, Mm -hmm. most of those like house owners don't know how to take professional photos or like, you know, to show off their house. And you want to make it as attractive as possible to customers. Exactly, too. And also like um, where you're going off of Zillow, Yelp, all those places, they kind of just, I feel as though, take like just the standard photos of the house like okay you see the front inside of it um just general like living room based photos based of it outside as well like they don't go into like the inner pacific areas that i feel like are important to for someone who's interested in the house to see um they might even possibly like skip on some areas too that maybe aren't like in the best condition so that the whoever the client is um may not see that and then they get to the house you're like well I didn't see this online. Why didn't I see this? And they kind of yeah. possibly get screwed over. So yep. I do got to ask with that. Um, so how important, obviously credibility in a business industry, obviously it's one of the most important things out there. Um, how important in this real estate production industry is credibility and like 
how often is it where you find new clients from like word of mouth? Very often. So I never even ran any paid advertising. We never did anything. Um, what I would do is I would call up or email or text a, a new real estate agent that I hadn't talked with yet. And I would ask them just to go meet me for coffee because downtown, pretty much all the brokerages are uh, you know, next to each other in downtown where I am at. And so I was like, hey, like, can we meet for coffee at 8 a.m. before you get into the office kind of deal? And they were like, yeah, of course. So met for coffee, just building like a personal relationship with them. Um, and then literally they were like, yep, yeah, you know, when I have a listing, I'll, I'll give you a call. And then about a month later, they'll give me a call um, because not every real estate agent gets listings like that. Right. Uh, unless yeah. you're in a bigger populated city. Maybe not. I don't yeah, Iowa. Iowa, <laughs> Idaho. Idaho. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, re the reputation, the credibility is all there. And that comes from us posting on social media when we actually publish the work that we do uh, to kind of give people that example of the quality of our work. And the quality speaks for itself. It's very, it, it's fantastic. And we are also one of the only people who are doing it out here in this city. So it gave us an upper hand. However, the real estate market is um, is going through a rough patch right now. So real estate agents are, yeah, yeah. And so uh, real estate agents are being a lot more frugal with their dollars spent on advertising and the actual marketing for properties. So they're still just taking it with their cell phones. So we've had an actual decrease in all of our sales because of how the real estate market is is acting within our city. If we were in, say, a bigger city, we would have uh, no issue with with that kind of market. But since we're in a small town, um, not very wealthy area of 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 Iowa, then uh, people don't want to spend the money that they don't have. You know. Yeah, I I definitely think that like the business idea you're going for obviously works in a small like city or something. But say you go to Chicago, more like population yeah. density, you know, city, um, obviously it's going to thrive there. So yeah. definitely long-term business ideas sound sound. Like you're really like with Airbnb and everything coming up, like you have a lot of demand going forward. Sure. Yep. You know, right now the market cycle isn't looking too good in the real estate market, but later down the line, there. yeah, we'll get another boom shortly. Just, yeah. just got to wait it out. Also, I do have one more question before we move on. So, um, basically when you kind of went into the, like when you first started and you know, like you said, you sat down, met with, um, the real estate agents and everything, what kind of like, what experience did they look for? And like, what did you give them to be like, Hey, you should hire me, you know, like, yeah, that was one of the issues that I was having at the start was I was figuring out how do I sell these people? And then you realize that it's not about selling the person. It's about getting to know the person more than anything. <clears throat> and so my credibility came from me being at Morningside, which is the school, the, the university that I attend. And that itself had a lot of reputation behind it. And so they were like, okay, this kid, even if he's not that good, he could be legit, whatever, we'll figure it out kind of deal. And a lot of agents just kind of took a risk on me, which I got very fortunate about. Uh, 
but I did offer my services for free. Uh, three agents that were really popular out here. And those three agents, uh, I had told them, hey, I'll do these three photo shoots for you. If you really like it, I need you to go and promote me. Like, please, I need the word of mouth. Uh, got their testimonials, published them online, started doing the social media credibility. And then those meetings that I had in person just started to become easier and easier every single time I did them. And people would be like, oh yeah, like so-and-so has talked about you. Jessica's talked about you. Mindy has talked about you. Um, and all these agents then knew my name and my business and stuff. So when they were ready to come to me, I was prepared to take them on and have their listing shot. Wow. That, that's great. Honestly, I, <laughs> I think that me, Mike will honestly transition in that path. Obviously a podcast is free, but maybe definitely getting out there and like cold calling people explaining like, who we are, what we want to do, and just like try to get them on podcasts. Obviously, well, like it's all about growth for us, so we're definitely going to try something like that. Yeah, take it one. Yeah, time. yeah. Okay. I was so. going to say one thing on that real quick, Mike. Um, so one thing that I'm implementing right now with my podcast is like I don't have a studio, and for a lot of people, when you're doing the video content, you know, the studio is a huge part of the actual production because you need the background to look decent in order to gravitate or, or gain people's attention, I should say. And one of the things that I'm doing now is I will contact a venue, a retail store, coffee shops, um, like stadium venues, any place, you can even do bars. And I reach out to them and say, hey, can I come shoot a podcast at your venue and you will be the sponsor for free? All I'm asking is that I, re you know, require an hour of your, of your time. Just come open up the shop before everybody gets there. And I will come in and shoot the podcast with my guests. We'll promote you and your brand. I need your logo. I need um, your, you know, all the names and stuff, but it's a free sponsorship. And so I've gotten a lot of people to really enjoy that. And they, um, it, it, it makes my life easier because I don't have to go and rent a podcast studio. I can just go in and have a free sponsorship, promote my brand. And then it also gives me credibility because now I'm promoting a reputable brand in general. So it, it's a you know win-win on both ends, uh, more of a win for me technically. So that's something that you guys should look into as well as if you wanted to shoot a podcast about finance it might not be a bad idea to go contact some financial firms and be like, Hey, can I shoot this podcast at your financial firm? And then you can actually promote them that way and so on and so forth. And that'll open up so many more doors for you. Yeah. That's like a great way to market and kind of like get your name out there. Definitely. Yeah. That's actually, that's some great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, you want to uh, take it on to the next question? I guess. Yeah, definitely. So moving on to the topic of, uh, Real estate. Um, I want to ask about how was the rest of your time at the uh, CEO conference? Uh, in what in what way? What do you mean um, the rest of just, my time? Just uh, in general, like what you learned because I know like Drew and I we had to leave early the next day. Um, the last day I know there's some stuff going on. Um, just kind of like what that was all about. Um, there's yeah. anything interesting you learned that very last day? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we should explain what the ceo thing is to you know our audience yeah really so cool. um ceo also for short um it's really called the C collegiate entrepreneurs organization and there was a um 
conference recently that took place in Chicago where um, most of the CEO clubs, technically they're called chapters, um, all went to Chicago for a conference. And we had a um, variety of different speakers there for us students that are part of CEO um, to listen in on, um, got advice about them, about their entrepreneurship experiences, um, what it takes to be strong entrepreneur, um, just different skill sets in general. And we also were able to connect with different people from uh, the different CEO clubs. And that's how uh, Drew and I were able to meet Jacob. And it was just a good experience overall. Um, and yeah. yeah. It's basically why we're here right now. Obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we, we came up with this after CEO. Yep. It inspired us to actually do something. You know, it definitely really like the whole CEO conference was definitely big, uh, big with inspiration. I feel like, especially just hearing that, like all the speakers talk and yeah. their experiences, it honestly put a little light bulb go on in my head and like, wow, it just inspired me to do good. I don't want to juice it, but like that. I- it, it was definitely life-changing. It really it, it was. Sounds, it sounds like I'm just saying that to say it. And, like, it been, like obviously had a big impact. But it, just being there and, like, being around so many, like, people, just networking and stuff. It just, just motivated like, yeah. like, like-minded like people. Yeah, like, it, just in motiv- it just motivates you to go out and do something, you know? Because a big thing, too, is that I've learned from the past is the people you set yourself around with are kind of what can turn your own attitude as because if you put yourself around a group of people that might be slackers not really have good intentions that can kind of set you to kind of be like that but that's the ceo when we're at the ceo conference i mean everyone just seemed motivated and just from in strong energy and that energy kind of just feeds off fed off i feel as though to drew and i and that just made us just motivated yeah like Obviously, everyone's heard the saying, like, who you surround yourself with, exactly. like, your environment is, yep. like, kind of, like, who you are, shows your character. So, I, I'm just saying that to be, like, okay, we go here, we did this, now, look at us now. Like, we've, we've been talking about this for weeks, we're finally in the studio, I'm actually really excited to be here. I'm glad we had you out as our uh, first guest, Jacob. I am very privileged to talk to someone with, like, such a unique background and I, I just feel privileged to be here, you know? Respect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I just, I I can't wait for the future because I feel like we'll be having, we'll be having you on again and again. We're going to be talking to even more people. We just learned out today that we could actually put it upwards of like 30 people in a Zoom call at once. So I yeah. mean, with our premium account, so. You know, not to flex or anything. Thank you, Brand University. But shut up, Brand. Uh, but yeah, I just can't wait to connect, network, and learn. That's why we're here. And now I think we're gonna move it over because um we've been talking about this for a bit, but we want to talk about some more um like up to date stuff about what's happening right now. Obviously, you've heard about Twitter. I would love to hear your uh, perspective perspective of what you think could be done better with the situation at hand, either if it's more of like like a business operation or maybe like how the company is being portrayed to like, you know, 
society right now? Like, what do you think they could do better? Um, I think first thing is Elon went in their guns blazing with uh, probably a very limited strategy. I don't know. That's just the way it came off was he was just like, all right, everybody, you either want to be here or you don't. Get the F out, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Which is... I, I think it was a really good idea, just not handled properly in the way Twitter needed an entire revamp. Um, yes, what, Twitter what was... Elon, yeah, what Elon was trying to do, I 100% agree with. I think that the only way that Twitter was going to be taken to the next level is if pretty much everybody was booted out and you brought in new people. And the issue that people are having is because oh my gosh, all these people are losing their job. They're doing this, this, and that. And it's like, all right, first off, Facebook or Meta just cut a whole bunch of employees. Amazon's cutting a whole bunch of employees. Uh, Instagram, in general, Meta is cutting employees. Like All these tech organizations are cutting employees because they hired so many people at the start of COVID. Like, you guys were praising these people, these tech companies saying, oh my gosh, look, they're doing so great. They're hiring all these people. They're helping with the unemployment at the heart of COVID, all these remote workers. And then now that we're heading into this you know, so-called recession, um, these companies got to get rid of these employees or else they have the chance of just tumbling under. And Elon was one of the first people to actually initiate this. That's why when you're the first to move, you're usually the one that gains all the attention. Exactly. So people were firing back oh you're you're firing all these people you're treating them like 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 crap and (laughs) um yeah you just got a whole bunch of backlash for it and it's like no this is like actually business strategic so i agree with what elon's doing i think it's wonderful i think that the email he sent was like you know the twitter lockdown thing i think that was absolutely necessary um, was that was that where like you can either reply to this and say you want to stay or you can just pack your stuff and leave? Was that what it was? It, yeah, it was that. Yeah, essentially that. Except he locked everybody's access to the Twitter, like oh, the Twitter building, oh. their access to their Twitter, like like the actual uh, back end of Twitter. They locked the access, and I think that's a huge, huge thing that Elon did um, because he is coming into a company where he has no trust or rapport with any of these employees, right? Yep. And when you come into a a company with knowing nothing, with trust, rapport, uh, the people that you're working with, it's hard to get along with them. And I mean, you see this just if you think about when you join a sports team for the first time, you know, nobody on the team, you have to build some rapport or else you're not going to work together. It doesn't, there's no cohesion. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of like want to go off of what you said before, how Elon got ahead first. And, you know, obviously he's getting all the like backlash right now. But then, like you said, Facebook, I think they released 13% of their workforce. I know it's not as much as Twitter. And then also Amazon released up to 10,000 jobs recently. Like, it's just interesting to see how media can portray like one individual and show that like, oh, Elon Musk is the worst person on earth, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you have all these other big companies uh, like just cutting costs and they don't get any like backlash at all. It's kind of weird because Twitter's like, Twitter was a failing company. They were going to go out of business. Elon 
overpaid um, to buy out Twitter. He paid $44 billion. I think it was estimated around 30 something Like, yep. they were going out of business. So this is how you run a business. It's his uh, company now. Let him do what he wants. He took it private. Like, he obviously is trying to reform it, but you can't give him, like, were you the one to pay $44 billion for it? No. Exactly. It was going out of business. Let him do what he wants. And then you got these yep. companies like Amazon who can afford to go, you know, negative for a quarter or two. Like you're cutting 10,000 employees off when it, like towards the holiday season. You just look at that right now. It's like, that doesn't make sense. This is Amazon. It's coming yep. Christmas time. Everyone's going to be bought. Like revenue should be through the roof right now. Yep. And like you said before, recession, so-called recession. We are in a recession. I will not uh, color code it or anything. We're going into a recession. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I just don't think, I don't know why people are saying that we're not in a recession. Like, it's so clear right now. You have all these big name companies, like, cutting costs. And that's, like, should be the first sign. Should be the first sign and be like, okay, maybe we should watch out. You know? Yep. I think something's about to happen uh, towards, like, the middle, towards the end of 2023. I think that's exactly when it is either going to bottom or um, 2024 at the start of 2024. It'll well, it'll hit a bottom. Um, have, have we reported like negative GDP for two consecutive quarters yet? Have we reported even one quarter of negative GDP so far? I'm not sure. That that's um, Well, that's what the definition of a recession is. If you yeah. have two consecutive GDP quarters that are negative, obviously recession. But yeah, I, I don't want to like... It, it's just going to be interesting to see how, like you said, mid-2023, you know, 2024, something's going to happen. I think it widely depends, personally, on the Fed. Because, you know, right now in the world, we have uh, the war in Ukraine going on with Russia. We have China gearing up against Taiwan. Like, a lot of war. There's a lot of variables. Yeah, yeah exactly. a lot of variables that can impact that, and that makes a huge difference. And we're also, happens. yeah, we're also dealing with, like, there were repercussions of COVID still with yep. inflation through the roof now and then. So I think it honestly depends all on our interest rates, like, and what the Fed says in the future, like what they set for like the future forecast. I think that's going to be a main market manipulator because if the interest rates, like if inflation doesn't get curbed by the end of this year, I feel like when they uh, announced the last quarter, um, I feel that we're going to go into a recession because I know they reported like slow down uh, inflation, but with so with so much stuff going on right now, our supply chains messed up. Uh, world currencies are through the roof right now. You look at the U.S. dollar; it was the highest it's ever been. I think it just started slowing down, but then you go look at like Britain's pound, all that stuff. I yeah. just. <sighs> It, it all de- I think it all depends after this quarter to see w- what the outlook is. And so I don't know if you or Mike want to like touch up on that and see like or say kind of what you guys think will be the indicator. Obviously, you said 2023, 2024. But like, are you looking at like since you run a business, are you looking more at like the market, uh, so to say, like capacity or are you going to be looking more of like are people wanting to spend money right now? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't want to spend money right now. Yeah. Especially with such high prices. So, I exactly. mean, prices yeah. just 
rising to the roof and just people want to keep their money. Actually, yeah. I, I will say this. I did go to a restaurant last night. I paid $4 for a cheeseburger. That is cheap right what now. restaurant did you go to? Where? It's, it's called Beef Barn. It's in North Smithfield. I paid four twenty five for a cheeseburger with bacon on it. Uh, with, with bacon? With ba- yeah. four twenty five. That's with bacon on it and cheese. I'm guessing. And yeah. uh, that's I paid not- less than twenty bucks for a milkshake with that and a steak sandwich with that and fries. And then you have like Tupper's at Bryant, which is like eight dollars for a cheeseburger. <laughs> it's like my whole leg. Yeah. it's like my whole leg. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow! I just wanted to give a little insight into what I think. I'm gonna have to stop there at some point. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, honestly, I think we're gonna. I think we switch it up a bit. Do you want to ask us some questions? Maybe. I don't really have any questions for you guys, man. Yeah. Well, there. Oh, whoops. Um, there goes that. <laughs> uh, anyways, we we just talk about whatever politics. Um. Obviously, so Republicans took the House, and uh, well, Senate's controlled by down. So nothing's going to happen relatively in the next two years. How do you think, or what do you think? Um, do you think any production is going to come out of our like current government right now for the next two years? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's a it's a very like hard question to answer, but with like with the split, like Senate and House, what's gonna happen? Like I I don't get this side of politics where it's kind of just a waste of time for some uh, leaders. You know, like they have all these plans to set in motion. You know, make our country better, but you know, obviously you can't do it when half of your party doesn't agree on it and the other half of, you know, the opposition party doesn't agree on it. Like, what do you do in office? Sit there, eat cheese sticks. I don't know. I feel like... If you're Joe Biden, that's what you do. Yeah. I don't want to get into politics right now, like, with that, but you're right. Joe Biden needs to go. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing more to say about that. Because we sit here and we give away billions upon billions of dollars to other countries when we in turn can't even uh, support ourselves. Like, you look at the situation in California, I don't know if you're aware, but like, I think it's upwards of 10 to 15% homelessness, which is... Believe me, I'm from, I'm from Los Angeles, I know. Oh, oh, are, I didn't know you were from Los Angeles. Is it is it around that, the 10 to 15% homelessness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I don't know what... That turns out into a number. I know LA has a like really dense population. We, we have over like a, I want to say over five hundred thousand homeless people or more. Probably that's, that's nuts. And if we even spent like half a fraction of that money, like the forty-four billion, thirty-three billion, whatever I just said before, on like you know poverty in this country, we could put every homeless individual into like a house. Into the housing sector, you know, just to like get yeah. them on their feet. There's a that's a whole other debate is like the homeless situation, man. I if you talk to a homeless person, most of them want to be homeless. It's crazy. Um, 
it doesn't make sense. Why? Why? Um, because they don't follow any rules. They're not governed by anything. And people give them free money and they just sit there and ask for it. And they live a very simple life. You know, life is very complicated. And for a lot of people, uh, taking the simple route is either uh, you are homeless or you kind of just like end your life. That's, you know, that's the hard truth is how, how life works right now. Uh, and it's going to get even worse over time because people are going to go into this recession and it's just not going to end well. So there's going to be a trickling effect uh, with the homeless stuff. So I think all the money that people are pouring into homeless population right now, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it could be used somewhere else, man. I think that the yeah. homeless population needs it, but your middle, your middle class is what actually supports the economy. It's not the, the high luxury class that supports it it's the middle class because that's where the majority of people are yeah and the middle class is also and they're struggling right now yeah they're man. struggling but i honestly only meant about homelessness i just wanted like the government to fund more like buildings like obviously more like homeless Housing institutions yeah exactly like, like you don't have gotcha. to go out and like buy a house for a homeless person no you need, like, right. <laughs> like apartment kind of yeah like, you just need to build area. a complex for yeah. homeless people like just you know, get a little building. Yeah, just get bathroom. basic necessities to live. Like obviously, yeah. if you're the leader of this country, you want every individual, every citizen to thrive at, at some level. You know. Yeah. So that's what I feel like homelessness will increase in the near future. Like you said, um, I also think that there will be uh, a lot more uh, job cuts in the next. Yep months i think after christmas we're going to be seeing a lot once that holiday season over when that need for um employees right now i feel as though like holiday season going on um people are buying things and stuff for that but once that's over um i can see that happening possibly as well yeah oh i hit the wrong one on you know what? I'm not going to play that anymore. I <laughs> Wait, is it this one? It's this one. I wanted to play the cr- I think it's crickets. I don't know. I was just trying to make something funny. It didn't work. I messed up. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to... So, I don't know your background on, like, investing. Do you have any sort of background? Or are you personally in the market right now? Yeah, I'm actually thinking about pulling all my stuff out of the market. So, I tell you now, okay, so me and Mike, we were at a uh, dinner with a very successful uh, CEO from a wealth management management company. company. It's called Lexington Wealth Management. I think they're based in Boston, something like that, or New York. I don't know. I forget. But basically, we had the privilege to sit down with the amazing uh, owner. His name's Michael Tucci. Dude's phenomenal. Uh, he was a great guy, and he he focuses more on the emotional side of investing. And I don't know if you know what that means. It's just like what you just said. You're thinking of pulling out because you know you see a lot of red. Yeah, that is, outside of Boston, yeah, thirty minutes. Yeah, that is probably uh, the worst thing to do right now is to pull out. Obviously, if you want to minimize your losses, you go for it, but you lose that. You lose. All that well, if you stay in the market, there's a chance to rebound. Obviously, in the near future, it's not looking like this, but 
but you want to strategically put yourself for the like to uh, build your wealth for the future. And right now is the perfect time to do that because you want to take an opportunity of everything being such a low cost in the stock market right now. And that's what I learned from him. Obviously, like you want to tactically play it out right now. You want to position yourself to build your like position in the market right now so that say in two years, you're up over 30%, 40% probably. Yeah, but when, when I look at the market and I see red, <laughs> I would rather take my loss for the moment, reinvest it when it crashes, but just have that be my cash reserve yes. at that moment until it's time to reinvest. So like I would, I have about three grand just sitting in my account right now. Um, that's been cash. Uh, no, that that's in the market. I have oh, that's three in grand that's in the market. Yeah. So <clears throat> on Monday, I, I mean, I'm definitely going to pull it out on Monday. I'm pulling it out. Um, because first off I'm moving to a new state, which I might need cash for in general, just normal living expenses. Yep. But then on top of that, I plan on investing the dough that I make when this market hits, uh, because I'm going to take an even deeper loss and then I don't even have any money to reinvest in, you know? I will tell you this. I, I'll actually ask you this. How do you determine when the market is at the lowest point? Like, that's the big thing right now is when you want to position yourself, you've got to get in at some point. So if the market hits rock bottom, how do you know it's rock bottom? Um, that is when I make a really good connection with a high-end uh, investment broker. And then uh, he just tells me. So, so I'll give you some information right now. Over 50% of financial advisors miss uh, the market expectations. So like mm -hmm. it means annually the market beats them like the S&P 500 uh, returns beat them. So it's more of a guessing game for everyone. You just have hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Like no one can fully understand the market. Warren Buffett doesn't even fully understand the market. Obviously he's one of the most successful investors out there, but like you can't predict the market. Yeah, you, never right. you never know what can happen at any time in any moment. Exactly. And so that's why I'm like, right now, you might as well, like, I'm in right now. I'm in it for the long term. I'm holding because you don't know. Maybe next week it starts going up and then it doesn't reach its lowest level again. You know? That could be the flip side, too. It, it could be down, the flip side where it goes down, but at least I'm still in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel, yeah, I feel like for my personal situation with me moving right now, it's not a bad to a bad idea to take it out um, because I would rather have that liquidated because I know I'm going to make money in the future. Uh, but having some sort of capital at the start is always good to get you off of your feet. And I'll have enough money to invest in in the future. Um, and, and, you know, people always say, like, put your money in now because it'll grow and it'll start compounding. It's like. Yeah, but if I have three grand in my investment account and it's gonna, you know, give me an average of maybe an eight percent return year on year, that and that's like high. Um, like, what if I just threw in that twenty grand and then I got that return? You know, I would much rather twenty grand and have a three grand just compound very slowly. Yeah, I, I get that. It all depends, honestly, on like your risk behavior, like how much you're willing to tolerate and what your financial setting is as of right now. Like for me, exactly. I'm in college. I don't, th I'm, I'm in it for another year. Um, 
I have around like half of what you have in the market right now. I am down probably 30%, but mm-hmm. at least I'm playing long term. The market's going up eventually. Like, it's like yeah. maybe not soon, but it will go back up. Yep. So, and if I have like trust in what I'm invested in and I believe in what they're doing, then I will generate a profit, maybe 8%, maybe less, maybe more. But hey, yeah, anything. Anything works right now, seriously. Yep. Uh, but if you do want to um, generate income, obviously, right now, and you want it to be fixed, bonds are the way to go. No risk whatsoever, at least in uh, treasury bonds, government bonds, municipal bonds, yeah. somewhat. Um, that's definitely the way to go, except, well, not except, especially with interest rates right now. Did you see what the 10-year bond was? The yield on the bond, it was. Nope. I think it was um upwards of. It was at four percent. I think it did go down slightly to like three point. Yeah, so it was at three point eight the other day, percent, which is huge for a ten year bond. That means annually you're getting three point eight percent just fixed, like no risk about it. That's almost yeah. half of what the S and P index offers you. It's kind of nuts. It is kind of nuts. And then you look at the two-year bond, and I think the two-year bond, it it was the highest it's ever been in like probably 20 years. I think it was around, yeah, yeah 4.35% on a two-year bond. That is wow. nuts. Like, if, if I have, if I put two grand into the bonds, $1,000 bonds paying out, I return, I return, you know, I return 9% nearly in a year. With two bonds, that is. Yeah. I don't know. That's just if you. That's the safer side of investing. Obviously, obviously, I don't know much what I'm talking about. This is not financial advice, but yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. I don't know if my. Oh, I thought my mic was coming out. You're good. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So now that we talked about investing, or actually, Mike, what what do you think? Because you've been a little quiet. Let's let's see your um, side of investing. I think, honestly, um, it all kind of depends on the person and kind of like what their situation is. Um, if you're someone that's in a situation when you can go for the long run, um, can afford to do that, then um, I understand that. Okay, yeah, you can do that. Go for the long run. Have the possible chance of making more money, depending on what the stock market does. You never know what it does, but you also have the risk of possibly um losing some money but your money's still there where it could possibly rise up later on or you can be in a situation where um kind of like what you were saying jacob like you're moving to another place um you want to take your money out wait on it and then possibly put like money back in later on so honestly i think it just all depends on the person um their perspective of how they view the stock market and just their general situation yeah yeah that's that's yeah. that's actually a great way to put it. Um, okay, so I think we should move on from investing. I anybody have any certain topics they want to talk about? Anything? Uh, I I do got to wrap up pretty soon. I will oh, do that. Uh, so we'll we'll try to make we'll we'll end it off in a few then. Um, honestly, what should we talk? About? We have probably give or take ten minutes with Jacob, and then you and me can just go from there. Yeah. But that's good. What, what do you think we should talk about? Like, or Jacob, do you have anything? I don't know, man. 
kind of lazy Saturday, just get my stuff organized, getting ready to move. Yeah. So what's the process of like of moving to another state that you have you ever been in Arizona before? Yeah, just for vacation, playing baseball and stuff, but never lived in Arizona. So are you are you living by yourself, I'm assuming? Yeah. Uh, so what's the process that you're going through right now, at least financially, with like having their own apartment, moving, like as a college student right now, do you think you're prepared for everything that no. like the real world offers? No. <laughs> Taxes and all that? <laughs> No, um, I feel like I've, I've been, I've grown up a lot quicker than a lot of the 18, 19 year olds out here. Uh, not in the sense of making money, but in the sense of just like growing up. Like maturity. And yeah, maturity. And like everybody's, you know, got the, the devil and the angel on my shoulder of like, move, don't move, move, don't move. Right. Um, you know, stay in college. Don't stay in college, stay in college, don't stay in college. And like, everybody's going back and forth on it. And it's just like, it got to a point for me where I was saying to myself, like, dude, you just got to make a decision. And, um, I thought that a change in my life would be really important to me right now, especially with how the economy was going. I was like, I don't want to stay here because then that makes me comfortable. And then when something does go wrong, then I'm screwed. So I need to start making money. I need to start putting myself out there learning sales, learning skills. And, so the process of what I'm going through right now is I am currently figuring out all the finances that I have fig figuring out first off my car is registered out here so I need to figure <laughs> out yeah I, the I, whole thing know. With, I don't yeah. even know how you'd go about that honestly <laughs> I, it's very simple I just have to go to the DMV in Arizona and just say hey I want to register my car in Arizona it was registered in Iowa and then they fill out the paperwork, and then I put. I do have to pay a registration fee. Yeah, for that, so upwards of like a hundred bucks, I think, at least in Connecticut. Yeah. but yeah. So that's... doing that, um, right now, a lot of apartments are having like Black Friday, New Year's sales on uh, apartments if you buy right now. You so apartments? I yeah, actually it, did not know that. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm looking at an apartment right now. It's going to run me about thirteen hundred bucks a month for it which isn't bad for the area that i'm going to be in i'm going to be downtown tucson um and they're doing a special right now where if i sign up before december 1st or if i get the apartment before december 1st i get a thousand dollars free and then on top of that if i have good credit which i do then i get an extra 250 dollars on that so essentially the first month's rent is free yeah, at that point great. that yeah. gives you like a little leadway into you know obviously invest if you want to like safely invest and uh maybe like position yourself better but i will go i do want to touch up on one thing so i did see that there's it's statistically proven as of lately the gap of income between you know graduates masters and uh like you're getting your bachelor's degree and masters has significantly like it's decreased by so much and probably even like not even finishing college it's up like relatively wise going through the education system you don't have to do that anymore you don't have to go through the system anymore to make a reasonable amount to what like maybe a graduate's making you know like you're out here already i think what you're doing right now is great you're going out you're going to learn skills while everyone else just sits in a class barely paying attention taking exams maybe failing because that's half of my friends right now like mm -hmm. 
I know people that are just not positioning themselves for the future, and you are one of the few right now that is taking advantage of this opportunity to just get out, get your name out there, learn skills, so by the time when we graduate, you're already going to have a job, you're already going to be a year or two in. Connections as well. Yeah, like you're going to have the skills to perform, and you're just going to have such like better credibility than everyone else around you. Yeah. So I think that's great for you, honestly. And I don't I appreciate know. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, and I do want to ask, what job, if you don't mind, what are you uh going into? Uh, you said sales, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go into selling solar, uh, learning. Uh, I feel like door knocking gets a really bad rep, but the research that I've done for it is first off, I really want to work on my communication skills and being uncomfortable, getting no's and working on a high ticket commission product where uh you know if i make a sale i'm getting paid four grand um and that's so sound solar is like uh solar panels right for yeah so yep that's what i thought so being able to sell a higher ticket i feel like i will be able to work on my sales skills first off get way more networked with everybody around there get to actually experience what a new environment is like and just kind of like go through it and just see how it feels. Maybe solar isn't for me, but at least I gave it a shot and I can see, raise some capital with it and move on from there. See, I was offered. So I had a job interview the other day of a commission sale based, uh, you know, system. And I won't say the company, but I did see a lot of negative stuff about it. And I'm just wondering, is it purely commission based for you right now? Or yeah, so the good thing about that is obviously you get to work when you want, where you want. Obviously, yeah, like you get to make. That's the good part. My the company that wanted me to work for them, I was independent. Wait, okay, I was an independent contractor, but they wanted me to pay for like company services. I was paying. I would have had to pay upwards of like forty bucks a month to like just access company information and stuff. Like that was so dumb to me. And I, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But the solar, uh, what you're doing, it's definitely like cold calling, obviously. But that's just, that's like perfect. I feel like that's a perfect way because I hate talking in front of large groups or like I can do small interactions and stuff like that. But that's definitely a, sure. a social skill that yeah. will greatly improve if you go to like a random person's house, knock on their door and like yeah. you just give them a pitch. It helps with pitching too, obviously. Public speaking. Yeah. Definitely. It's the more you do it, the better it'll get. And I will say, uh, my parents did get solar on their house three years ago, and it was from someone walking up and cold, like walking up, knocking on the door, like, hey, you guys want solar? It, it was like, it was nuts. Yeah. And obviously, it's the future. Every house, probably in the next, I won't say the next decade or century, sorry. Uh, wait, no, decade. Yeah. So, I won't say in the next 10 years that everyone's going to have it, but I bet you probably by 2035, half the houses will have solar because, you know, we're transitioning into a clean energy type of a uh, stage, at least in the world right now, since we're fighting like climate change and all this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think the demand for solar will greatly rise, especially with um, obviously we have a government right now that's really trying to uh, promote it also so at least businesses with more opportunity so yep I, and they the byron administration just reimbursed the 
the tax benefit for having solar panels. So you get to actually save money, save, save money on your taxes. Yeah. And I think, I think personally, uh, I think my parents cut down on energy costs by like $200 a month. Yeah. It's crazy. Nuts. Especially in the market we're in today, you could put that somewhere else or you could put it in savings. Like it's just actually insane. (laughs) So that's definitely, that's a great thing to get into. Mm -hmm. So let me know how that goes. Uh, when do you start, Uh, you know, like when, cause you said you, uh, are getting interviewed and you get to hear back, but have they told you when you're going to start if you get the job? Yeah. Uh, so I find out Monday, uh, this coming Monday, I find out. And then, um, I would, I would be starting before the end of the year. Oh, that's, okay. that's sick, man. That's awesome. And are you, um, when do you move out to go to Arizona? It depends if I get the job. Well, um, true, true. If, when you get the job, um, yes, when I get the job, I will, probably be i need to change around my finals schedule um so i'm going to move all my final exams to uh, a week before and then i'll head out that week oh that's so literally like two two weeks you will you saying for thanksgiving though like with your family or are you just going to arizona saying hey whatever yeah so i got a flight monday afternoon heading back home and then i'm going to spend the the entire of next week in la fly back sunday to here in iowa and then that entire week i will be here finishing up my finals and then the following week i will drive down to tucson that's a roller coaster that is (laughs) have fun with that man i i wish you the best of luck best of luck man i appreciate it man and now we'll do you want to do one more question you said how much time you got left? Like five minutes? Yeah, well, we'll go. Yeah, um, who I do? I don't know if you want to ask anything. I do have one question. Uh, who's the most influential person, and like why? Most influential person that I've met. Like that's My mic just cut out, so sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so basically in the sense of like who's who's position like who have you talked to that's positioned like really positions you to where you are today? I would say my business professor, uh Dan Wobina. Uh, he's on my social media sometimes too, so you can see him there. He's a bald guy. Really down to earth guy. He helped me get my business up and running when I first started it. He also has been just a life advice kind of guy for me. And he has been there personally for me, like through times of struggle. He knows my family now. He knows a whole bunch of stuff about me. And he's just been able to kind of put me on the right path and the right mindset going into business and just in life in general. And I I would say him, his name's Dan Wabana. He's an awesome guy. Uh, Sounds like an awesome dude. And I feel like we all kind of take like, for, uh, like for credit too much that we don't connect with our professors as much as we should because they yeah. they are obviously here to help us and if you get to know your professors and like they they can be your mentors into like the real world and i feel like yeah. that we should take more advantage of that and that we severely as students don't and that i feel like that positions like you know a leader 
from you know just a regular person yeah and also too just to add on to that um at bryant um we have like smaller classes i mean it's about like 20 30 people in the class so there's a better like chance for interaction for professors and i the way i see it um students even though they have a better chance at like building that connection with professors they still don't as much and that's just i feel as though like having the smaller classrooms does make it easier for people to us to build connections with professors and feel as though like it it's important to build those connections yep yeah that that was really well said so um i'm personally content with how this went today i think this was a great first episode i think me and mike are going to debrief about it right after this um so if you would love i would love for you to come on again i I don't know what your time frame looks like your schedule with everything coming up but uh definitely let us know yeah we'll get something going in the next coming weeks uh maybe a month depends when i get settled in uh in the new state and then uh, we'll go from there, but I will definitely keep you guys updated, keep you posted, and always feel free to shoot me a text, give me a call. Um, I'm, I'll always pick up for you guys. Yeah, perfect. So I appreciate it, man. Thank so you. Maybe right, next guys. time it's going to be us, you, and I'm thinking, do you remember uh, Chris from CEO? Yep. Valeri? Yep. We're probably going to have him on. And is, um, God, no. who, who was the other one we met? Tommy? Tommy, I I feel like we're gonna do. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, we've talked about. Um, I was going. I went back and forth with them. I think we should all get in a group call. I feel like that'd be really beneficial to all of us. Yep, uh, I'm game. So just let me know. Perfect. Well, awesome. Sounds great. Thank you for taking the time. Though, yeah, to appreciate call. it. We're happy to have you. And uh, good luck with everything. The move and everything going I forward. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. guys. I'll see you guys later. All right. See you, brother. Right, see you. Have a good one. I, that was that was pretty cool. Was We're pretty still good. recording, by the way. I want yep. to debrief, um, like on record, if that makes sense, because I feel like we can make this like a recap segment, yeah, of what we learned, and then we can put it out separate, or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how we're gonna structure. We can kind of just see how this goes this first time, and then go so, from there. What do you think? Um, give me your opinion. Just about everything from this podcast, or just like what he just, said, or just from the podcast today. What, what I think the flow of it was pretty good. I don't really think there were any like bad like bumps do you at think all. There was like, any like, kind of like. Do you think there was any like silent moments like? That? I think there were like maybe like the one part. Honestly, <laughs> the point that I brought up um, about uh, CEO, and then kind of just like was nothing after that. Um, yeah. Like from specifically CEO, like that was one yeah. point. But I think it did flow though, like it into did, the next did. topic. Like it didn't like it wasn't like okay, it was like a few seconds. It wasn't like a two minute like stop. Like it was able to go into okay, CEO. We talk about like something else, like with investment investment side. So I think it definitely did. Like the flow, even though there were little bumps, it did. It was it. It was able to be made up for. But I think like going into the future, like. Definitely, like, definitely a really good first round for a first episode of a podcast for a podcast. But like, doing some background research on the person is definitely going to be big <laughs> for sure. That's going to be well, big. That's going to be big for like future, obviously stuff. Well, that's what I mean exactly. That's, to come up with some questions, like, not only if, just about the market, so, but like also in his personal background, if, to keep the con- conversation flowing. Yeah, if we take advantage of what he like told us about, not even cold calling, but going out of her way, going to like yeah. businesses and stuff, be like, hey. We have a podcast, a financial podcast. Could we, uh, pres- like, could you be our sponsor? You don't have to pay nothing. 
free. We just get your name out there, but we want to have a talk with you. And, you know, yeah. people will be down for that because it's just connecting and network. Like, I feel like if, if you go out of your way to talk to, like, you know, an industry leader or something, like, they will definitely, because not a lot of people do that nowadays. Not a lot of people go out. Go their way. Yeah. And kind of do that. Everyone, or they're too scary. Like, you just gotta, you gotta take risks. Yeah, do it. And I feel like also, too, the fact that, like, you know, doing the sponsor, the hot sponsorship thing for free, like, will be, you know, Brian University, hit us up. Yeah, yeah, Brian University, hit us up. I need some free bulldogs. I need some free merch, honestly. Your (laughs) your store is way too overpriced for me. But yeah, I think you. I think it went really well. Um, yeah, for our first episode, that yeah, went really well. Definitely, we do need to research. Um, yeah, that's yeah. gonna be big. That's really gonna keep the that is big. I mean, a big thing about like Jake, like you know, we were able to get to know Jacob at the CEO conference a little yeah. bit, so we knew a little bit about kind of his background and stuff. So he's, that was big. He's a down to earth type of guy. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like, he, he's probably one of the most influential person or people I have met in the past. Yeah. Like. Or let's just say my whole life. And he is 19 years old. Yeah. He's out here with his own business already. Making all these real life skills. And I'm just like, wow. I, <laughs> I'm i like, wow, I got to pick it up. Yeah, I know. Right? I got to pick it up as well. But... <laughs> Until we graduate and we're, we, yeah, we have a lot to learn. Yeah. A lot to learn. And I just feel like this is going to be a good, this is podcast and I don't keep this forward. This is gonna definitely going to be a really good learning experience. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Just with both like finance um just like perspectives on um working experiences and it's to bring back this as well just i feel like is like public speaking too like working on that because like this semester uh like this is just like for me i think sometimes i can do good with public speaking sometimes i can be a little iffy with it i think Um, you're amazing up compared to me you were 10 out of 10 (laughs) thank you because you were on student gov trust me you got (laughs) you got balls like this (laughs) next semester i'm gonna i'm trying to take um that's my sixth class a public speaking class i've heard those are pretty try hard hey i mean i'm doing doing what i can do the best i can i'm messing around that's actually great i I, try that out did you ever um did you apply for the fixed income uh fund no so what i did was i um the securities brokerage class oh 370 uh, not 370. It's, um, I think I told you about this. It was the one where I had to do the, it wasn't because fixed income, you just enroll in, you don't have to do the application. Yeah, for it. Yeah. I did the securities brokerage class. Um, is and a, my, is that a 400? That's a level. 400. It's either 300 or 400. It's one there, but I can, I can take my SI, I take the SIE <gasps> as my midterm Wait, for the class. Isn't that like 63 or something? I'm, I'm a little, is this series 63? The I SIE or it's some, I don't know. It's the one with, uh, Dedarian. You had to like yeah, kind of yeah. email you to apply to it. Oh, I should have done next semester. Yeah, next, next semester, semester maybe. Well, I mean, like going into like senior year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Definitely, like I think we should come out of Bryant University with a, a network, like of people already in the industry, and that's what yeah. we're doing right now. Like for the other day when we were talking about Michael Tucci, that's already someone I can reach out to. Yep. Um, but I also think that you and me. Especially as finance students, we need to get certificates. Like we can get it in college. That's the thing. That was a big thing about that, like yeah. class. I mean, that's just, huge because if you get a, I think it's like a seventy or above, you get it, you pass. Yeah, and that, or maybe it's an, it's probably an eighty, but that's like a huge. Like you're out here gonna get that next semester. I won't even have that yet, and that makes you look so much better than the rest of like. <laughs> the people in this industry right now that don't have the thing that i love about like brian is that they do have like those opportunities like 
I'm going to have like, you know, the opportunity to take the SA. You're going to have the opportunity with the Archway Equity Fund. That's going to be huge. That's going to be really good. Like, that's, that's going to be. That's going to be taking up all my time next semester. <laughs> this semester, I, I'm yeah. actually so excited for it because I haven't done a stock pitch before. And I think I can learn so much out of that because I want to be a financial advisor, but I also want to go into like investment, like definitely like investments, like investment banking or something. You know, I want to work for a company and be like, hey, I you know, I want to pitch you this idea about a stock. That, like I feel like that's some great like uh like a great skill to have in this industry and obviously there's tons of other skills like you know like uh public speaking skills and yeah. being able to talk to a client exactly because like, you don't have those like public speaking skills i mean you can have all the knowledge in the world you can be the smartest person in the world have all that great knowledge but if you don't know how to public speak and talk to people you can't do that you're not going to go anywhere with it well crap Thanks. <laughs> I mean, no, no, but like, seriously, no, no, like, no, no, no. you know what I mean? Like, it definitely will. Like, but well, this will be a really good experience. Exactly. Both like, with that. obviously, we're not owners of every, anything or, you know, but if you have so, like, I, I'm more of a numbers guy and I'm thinking that you're more of like the public speaking type of guy. And we did talk about this the other night in that, um, with, uh, Michael Tucci about yeah. how you need someone to compliment your, uh, what's it, like your weaknesses. I feel like you you and me kind of do that well. Like, I feel like I can bring a lot to the table, like, uh, numerical-wise, and mm -hmm. you can bring a ton more than me at um, public speaking and, like, being able to talk to people. I, I wouldn't having... say a ton. I well, say a ton. well <laughs> I got to I gotta speak up more. That's a thing. But obviously, in a podcast like this... Like, to be honest, you spoke more in this podcast than I, I should have spoken up oh, more in this. Oh, yeah, this but this is just with like we're we're friends. Like you and me, we can go on and on about shit or stuff. Uh, yeah, stuff that's finance, stuff that's not even finance. Yeah, like, just, like I can talk about finance with you, but so to say, like I talk to an actual like in individual that's you know experienced and you know has credibility in the yeah. finance industry. That's where I kind of freeze up and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to sound stupid or I don't want like I don't want to. Yeah, like no, you know, know someone who's like. Because I, the bar is set higher when exactly. you're talking to talking to you, someone, another friend, finance, like you know, it's not as bad because we're both college students, you know, we're both friends. But if it's like someone that's upper level, maybe you have never met this person before, they it, the bar is set higher because they've already done the deed of being, you know, successful and yeah, had seriously gotten to that point. But yeah, no, I I definitely understand what you mean. By you that. want you want to show basically that you know what you're talking about, and obviously yep. like. I, we're not all like we're still in college. I'm still, yeah. we're all still learning. That's we're still why, learning exactly. That's why we're, we're college here. students. That's yeah. why we're here. That's, that's why, why we're doing this. But it's honestly just like I, I'm not well versed in the financial like you know industry right now. But I also want to show that I understand and I don't want to mess it up. And if I mess up an opportunity with like someone like Michael Tucci, he who like emphasized that getting a mentor in this industry is huge. Yeah, like. I it's like kind of like crushing, you know. Like you go, you just gotta you gotta play your cards right, honestly. Yeah. But you should not be afraid to take risks, and that's where I need to start stepping up. At least with like connections, networking. I need to seriously pick it up. I think we should do a ton more networking. Yep. This podcast will help in a big yes. way. I think we can. I'm down. If you're down, we could start cold calling on. Um, I don't know, like financial advisors investors and we can just do some research and we can uh, have them on the podcast i think yeah. that will build our 
know, our audience base by a lot. Definitely. And who knows? Who knows who listened to this the first episode? I don't care. The, exactly. the experience of just doing this, like, if no one's listening, like, that's on them. Because we're learning here. We're talking. <laughs> like, we don't have to say to the people we have on the podcast how many audience members we have. Like, it doesn't matter. We're still getting something out of it in the end. Sure, yep. we might not be getting attention or, like, you know, building the community that we want to, but at least we're networking. At least we're networking and, and we're talking. That is really the biggest thing because from this. We, we get to learn. And exactly. that's something that people are missing out on. And if you want to learn, then you can join the podcast. You yeah. can join, you can join either literally like be right next to us on the podcast or listening to the podcast. Like you got to take the opportunity to take some time out of your day. Either if you want to participate, who knows? Hit us up. I'll, I'll exactly. plug my email or something. You can hit us yeah, up. Yeah. I'll put my email in as well. Yeah. Too. Like if you want, great. That'd be amazing. But if you just want to listen, that's fine too. And then we build a little network. Hey, you send me a text. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Maybe give me some financial advice or maybe, like, teach me um, how to value a stock or something. Obviously, I know how to do that already, but you can teach me some technical stuff. Like, if you can, and I'll give you some, like, conceptual stuff, you know, yeah. where it's all in a learning environment. And I think that's what's huge about this. So even if, you know, no one listens, we still, at the end of the day, take something out. But I do hope that people will still uh, tuning in to this because yeah. I think this will be very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable, just... and it will look great on a resume. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I talked to Michael Tucci, uh, Lexington, Lexington Wealth Management. I can put him in. Like, if I need a um, maybe like uh, a reference or something, yeah. I feel like if I get to know him better and say we have him on the podcast, I could go to him and be like, hey. Could you uh, write me a reference of like, you know, like, just like who I am, exactly. what I'm capable of, what you think I'm capable of. I would really appreciate it. At least I get my name out there, you know, yeah. and I get some like this is the first step, like what we were talking about with Jacob before. First step to getting credibility in the industry. Like you got to just get out there. And this is honestly something I feel as though that like, you know, you won't really find a lot of college students doing like. The, I mean, some college people, like students, you know, they start, like, Jacob, for example, he's doing his own thing, doing his... Got a podcast, got exactly. a business. Got a podcast, got a business ahead of us, for sure, but, like, yeah, gotta give him a round of applause I, I for that. We should have... I should have used this button more. <laughs> All for the next time, but, yeah. no, I think, um, definitely, this is something that the majority of the percentage of college students don't do in, like, something like this on their own, because it's usually just, like, school, you know, some extracurriculars in school, but this is something just that, you know, isn't like our school oriented that's well, implemented from it yeah i feel like i feel like it's a little flawed how to like so to say about what you should do in college everyone thinks oh i go to college i learn i should get an internship instantly and you know go from there yeah. obviously that you should internship leads to field experience yeah, yeah hands-on stuff but if you really want to get like like credibility and you want to get into this you have to like you just got to start reaching out you can't just take the first internship like you want to get your name out there because at least for us we get our name out there to multiple people like i'm not saying you have to do like a podcast or something or you know something like that just a way to connect with other people yeah it's a lot more beneficial than just connecting through an internship i feel like and obviously you get credibility from an internship and know what you're doing yeah but like the fact i think what you're saying is like 
for making those connections and stuff. Like, if you just take one internship, it's just that one opportunity, make those connections with a lot of people, you that opens the door to a lot of opportunities, possibly with a lot of options for like maybe just say internships, job opportunities, yeah. etc. Like, yeah. And that's just a thought. Like, obviously, yeah, exactly. obviously, it's not like you never know what could happen. Obviously, it's not proven or anything, but you, it's a possibility that could happen. Yeah. yeah. And say we do both, we do an internship and we talk to other people. You never know. Like yeah. that. That's. Double plus. Like, exactly. if you have an internship, you feel like you don't need to talk to, like, you don't need to branch out. So, so yeah. No, it, no, I got what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I hope the audience does too. Yeah. Whoever listens, hopefully <laughs> Keegan Streeter listens <laughs> to this. I don't know. Yeah, let's um, see. Maybe we should uh, talk to the financial uh, club, the Finance Association Club. Yeah. Maybe we could have some of them on. Yeah. I mean, one of my uh, good friends is, I know, part of that club, um, eboard. So hey, we can see get a rat guy on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have some people <laughs> in finance. We we got some people in finance there. Oh yeah, and we we could. I mean, we could, we could. Um, if we, if we like, don't have anyone scared. Like, I I wouldn't be down doing another episode like this before we leave before Tuesday. If you're free, I would love. To yeah, I could do Monday or yeah. something like that. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, this is this has been really fun, and I'm not gonna lie, I want to keep on going. I don't know if you have anything to do. It is twelve forty six. I don't know. I got homework to do later. It's Saturday. We're we have finals basically a week after we yeah. get back from Thanksgiving break. I do have some stuff that I do have to take care of. Yeah. Um, which is I know my parents are gonna come in a little later to like drop oh, some stuff off. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I I just want to. Should we give them like a brief? Uh, we kind of went like did an overview. Of everything, do you think we should add a, anything else? Maybe like, uh, maybe who we could expect on the next episode? Uh, yeah, I think I mean possibly for the next episode, um, like Chris and uh, maybe tell me and some background around Chris is he is a financial advisor. He's eighteen years old. He's a certified financial advisor. I believe he got his series sixty three. He was like fifteen or sixteen, I think. Right. Uh, no, you're yeah. able to. You he studied. You he studied at that age. Yeah, you can't. You can't get your series sixty three or whatever till you turn eighteen. All right, so you must have so, got it once he turned eighteen. Yeah, you got it instantly. Like literally, I think he said like the day or after he turned eighteen. And so he is going to be a real asset, uh, like to talk to. Like he's going to be great. Yeah. So I think that we can take a lot out of that. We're gonna make some questions up this time and not free ball it, even though it went really well. But I like also. You know, I like freeballing it because we could talk about what's going on in the world today. Like, I just go on the news. We look at something. Hey, I've heard about this. What do yeah. you think? Like, like FTX was huge. Same with Twitter. I thought that was an interesting conversation. So, yeah. But basically, that's um, that's the plan. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get Chris on. Now, I do want to try and see if there's an outro tune to this. Let's do it. We could probably cut it. But, yeah. yeah. If if we cut it, thank you guys. Thank um, you guys. We appreciate it. Hopefully, we have people listening. This is our first episode. We will only go up, up from here. Yep. This is like a very... Uh, Introduction. Yeah, it's very new to us. So, yeah. we'll improve. Uh, yeah, that's that's that. Uh, yeah. Have a great weekend, guys. Going, guys. Have a great Thanks Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you. <laughs> oh man! Well, <laughs> all right, I'll run it back with this. Yep. All right, have a good one, guys.